Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy New Year. It's the time for New Year's resolutions, right? And so many of those have gone, have happened already. Maybe you have made some uh, resolutions regarding weight loss or, or exercise or wanting to uh, sleep better. Maybe your resolution has something to do with finances, getting your finances in order, creating a budget, that sort of thing. Uh, but for me, for me, my resolution, my goal for 2024 has to do with relationships. And I created a couple goals around that, uh, thinking of relationships, thinking specifically in what I like to refer to as my up relationship, my in relationship, and my out relationships. And so up relationship, that's our relationship with God. Our in relationship is our, in, is our relationship with other Christians. And our out relationship is our relationship with the broken world. And so, uh, you know, a couple examples for, for my in relationships. One of my goals as pastor of this church is to make visits to all the members of, of our congregation in 2024. Go to their homes, go to your homes, listen, have, have a meal together maybe, or, or a coffee, and just have, spend some time together. So if you hear Pastor Larry calling you, uh, you don't have to feel like you're in trouble or you did something wrong. No, it's just, hey, I uh, just want to know if I could come over sometime. Out relationship, uh, relationship with the world. Well, that's, that's uh, my relationships specifically with open arms, with the families and teachers and, and, and uh, board members of open arms preschool and child care. Of course, not everyone is an unbeliever. I don't even know for sure what the percentage is there, but I do see open arms as our congregation's way to get into the community, kind of our, our front door to the community, if you will. And so building relationships with the, the students, with the parents there, um, asking them out to, for coffee, that is a goal of mine. For my up relationship, though, I realize that in 2024, I need to be intentional about taking my day off, taking my Sabbath, my Sabbath rest, so that I can use that day not just to, to sleep in and be lazy, but use that day to focus on my relationship with the Lord. I listen to his word daily, but focusing on listening to his word uh, in, in, um, in those moments on, on that Sabbath day, speaking to him, praying to him, singing praises to the Lord. That's my, the up relationship that I want to focus on this year. And, and the Board of Elders, are they're going to hold me to this. They know all about this. And plan check-ins already with them. So uh, we'll see how things are going. Hopefully with a little accountability, uh, we'll, we'll be able to move forward with this. But I really want to focus on this idea of relationship 
with the Lord this morning. And as I see it, there are really two essential components to a relationship. Contact and communication. Right? So, uh, contact. You have to, have to be with the person to a degree. And, and we've all, we've lived through kind of the pandemic and Zoom and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, there's certain things you can do digitally and online. But would we admit, like, it's not quite the same to look at someone, to visit with someone on a screen as it is to be in person with them? Yeah. See some of you shaking your head already. That's why our family just got back yesterday from our Midwest trip. We spent time driving out to Minnesota, <laughs> that's right, and, <laughs> and Ohio uh, to see family, to spend time with them, to be in contact with them. But communication is also crucial to relationships, talking to each other, listening. Some of us are really good at talking, not so good at listening, right? Um, or maybe, maybe it goes the other way around. Maybe we're really good at talking or listening, but don't say much back. We need to communicate. We need to talk in order to, for the relationship with other people or our relationship with, with God in heaven, with the Lord, to flourish. And so my question for you today is this. If you were to rate your relationship with the Lord, your communication with the Lord, the time you spend with the Lord, if you were to rate your relationship with the Lord on a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rate yourself? Now, let's say 10 is good, right? 10 is Jesus, okay? So, um, no one here needs to necessarily be a 10, right? But we don't have to have false humility, false piety, uh, to, and, and just rank, rank ourselves as a one either, right? Like, we are the people of God, and we can recognize, like, what our relationship with the Lord looks like. Maybe, maybe you don't spend time with the Lord, and, and one is an honest uh, assessment, and that, that's fine. But where would you put yourself, scale from 1 to 10? Would it be a 5? Do you have room for improvement? Do you listen to the Lord, to his word? Do you speak to the Lord, respond in prayer, in song? What do you think about your relationship with the Lord in heaven? If we take a look at Psalm 29, we see a lot about the voice of the Lord. The psalmist, David in this case, he, he tells us about the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord comes, uh, I think, seven or eight times in this psalm. And he describes the voice of the Lord... And it's interesting to me how the voice of the Lord is described. 
Verse 3, the voice of the Lord is, is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. Right? So we can all of a sudden, or right away, start thinking of the voice of the Lord hovering over the waters in creation and the power of the Lord to create out of nothing, to take something and, and speak it into being. His voice has that power. Verse 5 talks about the voice of the Lord breaking the cedars, the cedars of, of Lebanon in particular. Now, what are the cedars of Lebanon? Where is Lebanon? Lebanon is a, is a country just north of Israel. The cedars of Lebanon are pine trees, big pine trees, that, in fact, the, the temple in Jerusalem, when they went to build that, they got wood from the cedars of Lebanon to build the temple. It was highly uh, revered, even to this day. If you look at the Lebanon, Lebanon's flag, what's on there? A tree, a cedar. It's, a, it's like a big pine tree, right? And these pine trees, they are huge. About eight foot in di diameter at their biggest, and about 130 feet tall at their tallest. These are big trees. And the voice of the Lord, what does the voice of the Lord do to these big trees? It breaks these big, huge, powerful trees, snaps them off. They, they stand as much of a chance next to the voice of the Lord as whiskers do to a shaver, to a razor, right? Like, it's, it's gone. It's cut down. I, I, I can think back to when I was in high school. One evening, went for a walk with my dad. And that evening started out very sunny, clear skies. As we were coming back from our walk, though, we saw a storm front moving in and found out later it was a, what's referred to as a microburst. But that wind came in fast and powerful. And we had a, a whole bunch of pine trees in our backyard. Those, these pine trees, they were not as big as the cedars of Lebanon, maybe a foot in diameter and, say, 30 feet high instead of 130 feet. But within five minutes, that wind came and blew over about 100 of those trees. It was powerful. It was a little bit scary to think that the voice of the Lord can do that to these big, powerful cedars of Lebanon. That's, that's power. That's strength. Verse 7, the voice of the Lord flashes forth like flames of fire. Living here in Summer County, we know about fires, right? We know that when the summer's a little dry, a fire can be very destructive very quickly. It's powerful. The voice of the Lord goes on, verse 9, makes the deer give birth, premature labor. Like, this is heavy stuff. Finally, it tells us the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. 
Could be the moisture in the, in the heavens. Could be referencing the flood as in Noah's flood that destroyed the whole earth. We're not exactly sure, but we know the power of water. We know the power of floods. Maybe well, here, obviously, we get a lot of precipitation in the form of snow. We see an avalanche. Happened a few years ago on peak one, and now today people ask, huh, is that the peak, peak one uh, ski run in Frisco? Nope. <laughs> an avalanche just took out everything in its path. It's powerful. We, we know this power. Um, when Eden and I and the family were heading out on December 26th, there was a blizzard on the eastern plains. And uh, there was no chance of us getting through that. We just had to wait. It was powerful. It was, visibility was nil, and Highway 76, I-76, I-80, they were closed down. This is the voice of the Lord, the power of the voice of the Lord. And so the psalmist, David, here goes on and talks about how strong and powerful the voice of the Lord is. And then he says this interesting thing. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Huh. That's interesting to add on there. Because when I read the rest of this psalm, peace isn't the first thing I think of. I think of power. I think of strength. I think of uh, I'm not worthy. I think God's really big, really strong, much bigger and power, more powerful than I am. And uh, it's a little bit hard to even think about talking to him. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses talks about the voice of the Lord in that context. Deuteronomy chapter 5, the people of Israel had just received the Ten Commandments. And what happened when Moses went up on the mountain, on Mount Sinai? There was fire, and there was smoke, and there was rumblings, and there was power. And Moses came down with the law of God, those those stone tablets, the Ten Commandments, and, and the people of Israel, their response to the voice of the Lord speaking to them was like, make it stop. We shouldn't be able to survive this. Make it stop. When people hear the voice of the Lord, they die. They also recognize when they saw the Ten Commandments, this is the voice of the Lord, He's speaking with power. He's speaking with strength. And he's speaking things, commandments, that uh, we haven't done a really good job of keeping. In fact, 1 through 10 probably found a way to break most, if not all, of those commandments at some point. It's a scary thing, the voice of the Lord. So how do we talk? How do we have a relationship with someone who speaks so powerfully that we're afraid that people are afraid they're going to die? If we look at our 
Gospel reading from Mark chapter 1. We get the clue. We get the hint. But let me read for us from Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. As he's talking about the law of God, the power of God, the strength of God, the voice of the Lord. And he says this, It is after you have realized that there is a real moral law, Ten Commandments, and a power behind the law, and that you have broken that law and put yourself wrong with that power, it is after all of this and not a moment sooner that Christianity begins to talk. All these things we can observe from nature of the power of the, of the Lord in storms and natural disasters. When it comes to God's law, he's written for us on tablets, but he's also written in it on our hearts. And we know, generally speaking, right and wrong, good and bad. And yet, in the baptism of, of our Lord Jesus, we see the voice of the Lord, and it looks different. It sounds different. John the Baptist is out in the Jordan River doing his thing, wearing ham, camel's hair uh, garment and, and eating grasshoppers and wild honey, and he's a little weird and a little scraggly, and he's preaching Repent, and people from all over Jerusalem and Judea, that whole region, are coming out to the Jordan River, are hiking out to him, and they're coming to him to hear him preach. And what's he telling them? He's saying, repent, turn away from your sins, stop being so sinful, prepare the way of the Lord. And people are coming into the Jordan River and receiving this baptism of repentance. For the forgiveness of sins. And then Jesus comes. And Matthew, in his gospel, tells us that at this moment, John the Baptist and Jesus had a little conversation. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. John the Baptist says to Jesus, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. You're the perfect Lamb of God. You're the holy one, the righteous one. I'm pointing the way to you. And Jesus says, let it be now. Let it be so now to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus steps into the Jordan. John complies, <coughs> baptizes Jesus. And when the waters are poured over Jesus, the heavens are opened and what do we hear? The voice of the Lord. But this time, the voice of the Lord isn't angry. This time, the voice of the Lord isn't speaking in power or destruction or strength. This time, the voice of the Lord sounds different. And he says, You, Jesus, you are my beloved son. 
with whom I'm well pleased. And a dove comes and descends upon Jesus, and Jesus is anointed for his ministry, the beginning of his three-year ministry at that point. What's, what's the dove often a symbol of, not just the Holy Spirit, but peace? It's only through Jesus that we can hear the voice of the Lord and receive peace. There are so many ways to hear the voice of the Lord and see the power and, the, and be fearful of the Lord. Other religions can do that as well, but it's through Jesus and Jesus only that we can hear the voice of the Lord and receive peace. When Jesus steps into the river, he's stepping into our sin. He's fully identifying with us. This is his whole, the whole uh, incarnation of our Lord, that he has contact with us, that he speaks to us, because he wants relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you. And the way to get that is through Jesus, through God's beloved only Son. Jesus, who went to the cross and at that moment was quiet, didn't say a word. He took our sins upon himself so that he could give us his righteousness, so that three days later he could conquer death, so that he could give us his life. And we today have been baptized, as, as followers of Jesus, we have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. That's what Romans 6 is all about. It's at that point that we are baptized into Christ, baptized into his death, baptized into his burial, baptized into his resurrection, baptized into his ascension, that we ourselves can have a relationship with God in heaven, that we can have contact with him and we don't have to be afraid, that we can speak with God, we can listen to God and hear his word and know that he loves us. Because the same word that he spoke to Jesus at his baptism, he speaks to each of us at our baptism. You are my beloved child. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. Your sins are forgiven. They are washed away. And so now, as the people of God, what can we do? We can't earn our forgiveness or salvation. But we can talk to our Father in heaven. We can have a relationship with him. And it's interesting, like, God's word is, is funny like this. Not only are we able to speak to the Lord, but the Lord even gives us the words to say. Historically, the, the book of Psalms is referred to as the songbook of the church. 
the prayer book of the Bible. When we're struggling for words, we look to the Psalms and we can speak to the Lord. And what can we do? We, we glorify Him. We worship Him. We say, hallowed be your name. We use the words of this psalm. We sing to the Lord. When we pray to the Lord, do you ever notice that when we pray, oftentimes Christians conclude their prayers saying, in Jesus' name, amen. It's through Jesus that we have this open communication relationship with the Lord. And so I would just throw out, maybe invite you to consider for 2024, what's your relationship with the Lord like? On a scale from 1 to 10, where can you improve? Maybe you need to listen better. Maybe you need to talk to him more and let him know how you're feeling. But will you, would you join me? in doing that for this year? Because as a congregation, if we are worshiping the Lord, if we have a relationship with Him, that is bound to spill out of these walls and into our homes and into our community so that other people can see and hear the voice of the Lord. Amen? Amen.